0: work in hearts and minds here today father god that you still have areas you want to reach and touch and move father god and we just give you permission right now lord we give you permission to do all that you desire to do in our hearts and our lives and our minds this day father god we thank you lord we thank you that that which you have started you will complete. accomplish and complete father god in our lives that you don't leave us midway or halfway but you complete that which you have started lord so we give you permission right now father god to do all that you want to do father god may these words father touch hearts change minds transform lives by your power jesus father god we need your power and your presence and your peace in our lives so that we can be the women you've called us to be father god in these days lord And I call forth the spirit of each woman here today, Father God, where that spirit has been pushed down, suppressed, oppressed, depressed. Jesus, that you would call that spirit out of each person, Lord. That they would be strengthened in their spirit, the spirit person within them, Lord. That their will would be strengthened. The ability to choose and to rise up, Father God, and to find their voice in you, Father God, would be strengthened in this season, Lord. We pray for a continuing of a restoration and hearts and minds, Lord, that you see every situation, you see every everything that's kept your daughters down, God, and you want to touch and continue to work out your great plans and purposes, Lord. So, Father God, we thank you now. That as we come into this final section, Lord, you're still gonna move beyond what we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So we come with expectation now, Lord, for all that you will do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please take your seats as we move into this final section. Always a little harder after lunch. So do feel free to nibble on the chocolates in your bag, drink water, and uh, stay hydrated and refreshed. So the next area I want to look at, and these are slightly shorter, is the area of control um, and this issue of control and anxiety. So control was given to Adam and Eve. They were to have dominion and God wanted them to be in charge. But after the fall, the idea of dominion um, and man's fallen nature, unfortunately, control became misplaced. Now, we need to have a healthy sense of control in our lives. We need to feel like we are able to manage our lives and be in control. However, there's kind of a continuing behaviors that's at one end, but there can be other forms of control, which can include just having very high standards, being maybe perfectionistic, Uh, self-independent, and maybe finding it hard to depend on others. So that's a form of trying to control life tightly, working very hard, sometimes upholding extremely uh, high standards. Uh, And sometimes these individuals feel the need to control everything around them, uh, the people around them, the circumstances around them. And what it is, is a way of managing anxiety this can be a form of just managing that internal anxiety. Uh, There's a nice slide here just regarding this area of control um, because, you know, there are things that are within our control, there are things we can influence, and then there are things simply outside of our control. Thanks, guys. The next slide there, please. And you will see that this... um, Thank you so much. This slide just shows us that we can, you know, there's things we can control, there's things we can influence, and then we have to let go of that which we can't control. When we're bound to a strong need to control things and people and circumstances, this can be like having almost like a religious spirit, trying to live by the letter of the law and not by the spirit of it wanting to make everything perfect in one's own strengths and not allowing for the grace of God to move. Um, this can be hard for the people around <laughs> the controlling person because everyone else will get stressed around that kind of individual. So what is at the heart of this? Well, very often there are deep-seated fears and unresolved feelings of vulnerability and powerlessness. Uh, and the fear that someone or someone is going to hurt them. And this control impulse is is like a protective function against these feelings of vulnerability, fear, and powerlessness. And what can be the source of this? Well, maybe growing up, if there was a lot of chaos in your home growing up, or if there was maybe an unpredictable environment or anger, or maybe a parent was emotionally absent, Um, Maybe, as a child, the world felt like an out-of-control place. Maybe there was addiction in the home, Um, or maybe your parents had to work two jobs and you had to be the parent in the home, and in order to feel safe, you had to take control of everything as a little child, as a little girl. You know, children need degrees, a lot of predictability, safety, support, and order. Most of us don't get that. Most of us may not have had that. And when we haven't had that, we may not feel like the world is a very safe or ordered place. It can happen in environments where maybe love was conditional, You had to be a good girl in order to receive love. It was very much achievement-based. And as children then controlling, people didn't feel loved until they performed or met their parents' uh, needs. Tasks may have been valued over relationship and perhaps nurturing was inconsistent. So a controlling person often has come through those environments and it is a learned way of coping with life. So perhaps you feel there's times where you may be controlling or you know someone in your life that can be controlling, or perhaps your control, like I said, takes the form of more of a a perfectionistic, um, high standards form, whatever form it may take in your life, We just start by recognizing it. Awareness is where we begin with all of this and asking the Lord to bring in his grace and his healing in those places. So often we do bury experiences. We bury things we've come through and God will often is just longing to pour his healing presence into those memories and into those places. We're going to pray for that in a short while, but the third area now I want to move on to is this area of comfort. The idol of comfort is this third issue, and this can often um, be connected to um, the area of avoidance and wanting to be safe as well. As I've mentioned, you know the way we have grown up and the kind of structure we lived under will determine how we manage stress and anxiety now as adults. But two behaviours that are very common when we have high levels of anxiety is both in a tendency to avoid and procrastinate, And then safety behaviours. So we will constantly want to be in positions of safety where we don't take risks in life. Or we may avoid situations so that we don't have to push through our anxiety. And what that does is that it just keeps us in a very small place in our life. It means we never move out into all that God has for us because we want to remain safe or we want to stay in a place of avoidance. So you might not apply for that job, or you might not apply for a promotion because you fear the circumstance. And it causes us really to to shrink back. Um, We may avoid social situations, like I mentioned earlier. We may avoid going to the shops. We may avoid going to see people. We may uh, procrastinate on paperwork because we get anxious thinking about it. And there's lots of little ways in which we may procrastinate in life, uh, which tend to be normal. Um, But within this whole area of comfort, we may isolate, ultimately, and withdraw. We may not pick up new hobbies. Uh, Certainly during COVID, there was a lot of withdrawing from life. And for some people, they haven't pushed the boat back out again. They haven't moved back out since COVID. So where there is an over avoidance of pain and stress and an avoidance of responsibilities, we can find ourselves running to other comforts for solace. And these kind of false comforts, if we want to call that, are the things we may go to to escape from these feelings of anxiety, to avoid the pain, to avoid maybe what we're going through. And the problem with avoidance is that we never then learn to press into new situations and increase our threshold for that environment because, ultimately, we do need to press in to the situations that may cause us to feel anxious. We may lose confidence over time, and uh, we may find that we're just uh, shrinking back, like I said. Our, in our opening psalm today, I, I read that verse where it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of our enemies. You see, it is in the storms and it is in the circumstances that God actually sustains us. It's not hidden in the comfort of Netflix or the comfort of food or any other substance that he expands us. He He brings us into places that stretch us. And in order to move into those places and spaces that God has prepared for us in the presence of our enemies of anxiety, we need to receive more and more from him, more and more of his presence, his word, his power. We need that feeding and drinking from him when we feel that our anxiety or our thought patterns are causing us to restrict. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This theme of walking through the darkest valley, walking through our valleys, walking through our fears, is very common uh, throughout scripture. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. In other words, we have to walk through the places that are tough. We have to journey with Jesus into those places, the places he wants to take you. And maybe he's dropping something into your mind right now. Maybe there's something you've been avoiding, a conversation you've been putting off, a circumstance that you've just been pushing to the side and, and just hoping it'll go away, but it's not going away. And God is saying, I want you to go into it, and I want to take you through it as you lean on me. You, I am your rod and your staff. His spirit within us increases our capacity to move into those places that we may avoid. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The spirit of God who raises Jesus from the dead lives in you. We read in Romans 8, 11, and 2 Peter 1, 3 says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. This doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but he has given us what we need to sustain us in those valleys and in those places. So we're going to go into a time of prayer now, and it's really to ask God to to help us receive more of him in those places where he needs to expand us, where he wants to grow our capacity, where he wants to take us into new things, and where he wants to really just minister in this whole area. Perhaps you can connect to the idea of control, maybe maybe in a milder form or maybe in a more extreme form, or maybe there are things you go to to receive comfort, and it's not from the Lord. So why don't we uh, stand again to our feet, and we're going to actually read this prayer. Um, Wonderful. And we will read this together, and then we will go into a time of prayer. So let's say this together. I renounce the lie that I am guilty, unprotected, alone, or abandoned. I repent of the ways I've sought to control others and find comfort apart from you. I receive, this is one you can repeat after me, I receive the healing forgiveness from God now into those places. Father, we thank you that your shed blood cleanses us from all our unrighteousness. And Lord, we confess that sometimes we go to places, to things, maybe food or substances, to ease the anxieties of life. And Lord, you desire that we run to you, that we run to you. And right now, Lord, we open up our hearts and minds to receive comfort into those places into the places of restriction into the places of wounding jesus perhaps you know where we didn't receive comfort as little girls maybe there's people here where there wasn't someone you could run to in those places and in those times when you needed the comfort God, I just pray now you come to each heart here, pouring in your redeeming love and restoring minds and restoring hearts, filling the empty places. Jesus, we open up our hearts and minds, Lord, to receive all from you right now. God, I break the lie that we need a substance or a person or that we need something to find comfort apart from you, your blood Jesus restores and heals and brings true comfort. I pray now you strengthen the will, the mind, and the emotion of each person here, God, so that they can resolve to walk away from any addiction any strongholds, any secret sin, Lord. Jesus, that they will have the resolve in Christ to walk away and to cling wholeheartedly to you, Father. And Lord, where we have sought to control circumstances or people, Jesus, where we've been Too perfectionistic, or maybe managing our circumstances beyond what we can manage, Lord. We just let go now, and we ask you to take complete control of these areas in our lives. I pray, Father God, that we would allow you truly reign and rule. Father Lord, we want to move in step with you, Lord, move in step with your spirit. God, managing and controlling is such an exhausting way to live. And God, we no longer wish to live that way. We want to rest into you. I pray, Lord, for people here who has someone in their lives and maybe you live with someone who's constantly controlling or managing God. I just pray your peace into that situation. And that your daughters will have wisdom and strength. Father God, if they need to deal with a situation, deal with a person, God, that you will give them the words and the wisdom so that they can express how they feel to this person. I pray your peace into those relationships and that you will bring healing as well, Lord into those situations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God, and where there are those feelings of vulnerability and hurt, that you would even show us, reveal to us um, the source, a memory so that we can invite you into those places and we can know your healing presence and touch. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. So the final area I'm going to look at now is in the area of power. And uh, in some ways, power is a bit like control. We need to have a degree of power to function. We need personal power. We are to be agents of change. We are co-laborers with the Lord. We are to labor with him, and we're to exercise by the power of God, his power in us and through us. Feelings of powerlessness... Uh, directly correlates with a reduced ability to function in life. If you feel constantly powerless, you're not going to function fully. And this sometimes can occur, again, because perhaps you may have experienced very negative forms of power as a child. Um, If you grew up where there was toxic power, Maybe uh, a parent or an adult who had a toxic, um, controlling, powerful way around you or over you. Maybe they judged you harshly. Or maybe they put you down or they made you feel small. Um, Maybe they made you feel like you didn't have a right to express yourself. And you felt diminished and at times powerless as a child. Or maybe there was a lot of anger in your home. So you lived, uh, you know, walking on eggshells. Uh, This constant fear of a parent exploding. These are all negative experiences we have and can leave us feeling very powerless and insignificant in our lives. And then as an adult, it means that you may feel a degree of anxiety around certain kinds of people. Again, we can have this distorted view of those in authority. Uh, We may feel intimidated by people in positions of power. We can either idolize them, so we place them on a pedestal, or we never confront situations that should be confronted. So, this dynamic can leave you feeling very anxious. And this bad form of power we've seen in many institutions across the world and even in Ireland, where people were the head of large institutions and because they were all powerful and they couldn't do any wrong, the people around them could never speak into that situation. People could never confront situations because other people felt powerless. So when, when a child has grown up in that environment, they, you know, ultimately we all come to see ourselves at a certain point as an equal with another adult. Um, and yes, there are the authorities, there's the boss, there's the guardie. Um they are to some extent in authority over us, but we're not inferior to them. In other words, I meet them as an equal and with respect, but they do have authority over me if I overstep the line. Now, these are just two examples, but if you've had very bad experiences with your parents where there was an abuse of authority, then you're going to possibly feel very anxious when it comes to those kind of relationships. You may feel very inadequate or voiceless. Maybe you might feel like, well, I can't really say what I feel, Uh, I can't express myself. So what we're doing is we're transferring our experiences as children into our new environments. In all relationships, there is a power dynamic um, of one sort or another in a good uh, relationship it's of mutual respect each person shows up as they are with their thoughts and their opinions their values their likes we 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 bring that together we we agree or disagree we compromise and this is a good relationship danny silk talks about you know powerful people not in a negative sense but in a in a good sense meeting on equal ground and that's how we negotiate life um But if you haven't had that positive experience, like I said, there's two ways you may now manage this in your life. Firstly, you are cowering as an adult. You are kind of like the child that feels voiceless and powerless, remaining anxious and perhaps very diminished in your being. And this is a very disempowering place to live. So my questions to you regarding this would be, how comfortable are you with standing up to another person's wishes or requests? Now, there's always give or take in relationships. But are you able to say no? If, you, if, if your no is no, are you able to say no to someone uh, in your life? Or do you have this disproportionate fear of those in authority? Um, like I said, there's a normal response to people in authority. If I'm going to speed in the car, then I should feel quite nervous if the guardie pulled me over. You know, I've transgressed the law, I've broken the law. Um, and if you're approaching your boss about an issue, it's possible you're going to feel a bit nervous. You know, th- th- that's kind of healthy anxiousness, you could say. But if it's taken to a disproportionate level, and I never confront issues in my life, then we are being disabled. And we're not actually living out of the power of Christ within us to stand up and to say things. And this is a very tricky um, situation, but I'll explain a bit more in a few minutes. The, the, The second response for people who've experienced toxic power as children is that the response is to be on top and to always succeed. And this kind of individual will be highly competitive. They will never want a person to speak down to them. They will always need to be in positions of power and in positions of authority because of what they have lived through. So their reaction is very different. But in both cases, at the core is that deep feeling of humiliation that they've experienced and a sense of insignificance. So this kind of person needs to exhibit high levels of control and dominance, to feel good about themselves and to ease their own anxiety. So sometimes from a Christian perspective, we may equate power and control as almost sinful. And these are ways in which if taken to extreme, they become uh, sinful responses, you know, either by just cowering as a little child means we're not standing up into our true identity, but we're also not to belittle and dehumanize people. Uh, like I said, we are to have a healthy sense of power and control. So what do we mean then when we talk about submission? And the Bible obviously speaks about the idea of submission. Well, when the Bible speaks of submission, it's saying that as equals, we submit to one another. So we are equally of value, but we submit as our choice to submit. In other words, I we you don't submit because you feel inferior. You don't submit because you feel less than. We submit because we feel equal, but I choose to lay down my life for you. We choose to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters, for those who are above us because we are because we are commanded to, because we love, but be, not because I feel less than. You see, Jesus never diminished the value of a person. He never made a person feel less than. And it's only when we truly own and have and and know our value and dignity can we truly lay down our lives for another. So we submit from a place of equality, not from a place of inferiority. God's heart is for the downtrodden, the vulnerable, and those who have been taken advantage of. And this is an area where there's been sometimes abuse and misuse. Um, You know, extreme teachings, uh, unhealthy teachings on submission haven't helped the church through the decades. Um, and have sometimes, you know, left women in very powerless situations, even where there has been abuse, among other things. But God doesn't treat us like that. And he wants us to know our value and our worth, and that we are part of his royal priesthood, his holy, dearly beloved women. And uh, this is in a key area and, and an area where a lot of women can feel trapped within. So we're going to now go into a time of prayer for this. And this will be really closing out the sec- this piece. And as we've done before, we will say a short renouncing. You will see on the cards in your um, bag, in the cards, you will have seen um, the different prayers we prayed at different points today. The first one was, I renounce the lie that I'm rejected, unloved, or shameful. This was around the area of repro- approval. And this is, might be something you come back to beyond today. You know, if this hair area spoke to you, this is something we need to constantly uh, turn to the Lord for healing in. And we need to declare who we actually are, that we are God's child. I am a friend of Jesus. I am justified. I am united with the Lord. I've been bought with a price. I am a member of Christ's body. I have been chosen. And we need to hold on to these truths. On the second page, we renounced the lie about being guilty alone or abandoned. And that was connected to the idol of control and comfort. And again, these can be wonderful declarations that we say every day. Sometimes we need to bring this truth into our lives every day. And then finally, in this whole area of power, we're going to pray this renunciation of the lie that we are worthless, inadequate, or helpless. And then there's the follow-on verses from there as well. So this is something I would encourage you to keep in your Bibles, have it as part of your uh, prayer time, devotional time, and that you really hold to uh, beyond today. So why don't we stand to our feet once more, and we're going to renounce the, this lie, and uh, I just jump back a slide, sorry can go back one's little slide. Thank you so much. These guys are doing incredibly <laughs> amazing work. I don't know how they manage. They're, they're fantastic. We're going to, yes. Uh, was there, an, oh, was there not a renunciation? Okay, no worries. My mistake. Uh, yes. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Was that it? Uh, actually, no, you can go to the last slide. Sorry, my mistake. Um, I, I must have left out the last slide. So we have the last l- renunciation here. And we will uh, say this together and then we'll pray. And then, over this time, if you'd like prayer for any of those areas we've touched on now in the last half, 40 minutes regarding control, comfort, or power, you're welcome to stand to the side and we will pray with you. So, let's say this prayer together this renunciation. I renounce the lie that I am worthless, inadequate, or helpless. Jesus, we want to renounce this right now, Lord, from the bottom of our hearts. Father God, that in you, we are not worthless, we are not inadequate, and we are not helpless. And Father, right now, I want to bring to you these dear ones who have lived under any form of toxic authority, especially as a child, Lord. Father God, you saw those times where they lived in fear, where they lived uh, cowering in a corner, perhaps fearful of a parent, maybe a parent coming home drunk, an unpredictable parent, And Jesus, your dear ones lived with this constant fear where they felt small, helpless, and vulnerable. Lord, would you come now, Lord, into those places and into those memories? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Jesus, I... I, I bring them to you, Lord, knowing that you are a God that loves them right now and sees them. And you call them forth from those places that they've been hiding their whole lives, Lord, where they've been hiding in fear, hiding in anxiety where they've lost their voice, Jesus, where they've become voiceless and powerless in their own lives because they're afraid to speak up and to speak out. Father God, I call their voices forth. I call their personhood forth in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that they would stand tall in this season, that they would come out from under the yoke of the evil one, the yoke of Egypt, God, that keeps them bound, Father God. But they would step into their womanhood, into their, into their identity in Christ Jesus, that they would stand and, and stand for who you've made them to be, Father God. Father God, where they feel that they they live under this constant judgment, where they feel, God, that you are judging them, I break that lie in the name of Jesus that God is judging you. He looks with eyes of approval upon you. Father God, where the enemy has taunted your daughters speaking lies that they are inferior, I break those lies now in the name of Jesus where they feel, felt like they couldn't have an opinion, Lord, where they couldn't express themselves, Lord, would you come now, Father God, and give them the voice, give them the words, fill their wo- mouth with your words, with your boldness, with your confidence, Jesus. Thank you that the blood of Jesus cancels every lie of the enemy, where there's been toxic power, God, Go forth now into those places, restoring hearts and minds. God, you wash us clean from all judgments and pour your grace and your mercy, Lord, into those places. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And God, where there's been feelings of vulnerability and powerlessness, Lord, and we've, we've learned to cope by controlling and by excessive controlling. Lord, we just give that up to you now too, Lord. Oh, we relinquish. We relinquish it, Lord. Father God, thank you that you love each woman here today and that you have a plan and a purpose for them to stand in Christ filled with your spirit filled with your power, filled with your purpose and your grace and that which the enemy meant for evil God you will turn around for their good you work all things out Lord God I thank you I thank you Lord that you don't leave us where you are and I pray now Lord for people who need the, the just that extra prayer, God, that they would receive that prayer today, Lord, that they'd receive that extra touch from you, God, bringing into the light perhaps things they've never shared before, Father, issues of their lives, issues of their hearts, even memories you're bringing up today, God, that they can bring them into the light of your love and into the light of your presence for that healing touch I thank you now, Lord. I thank you for all that you're doing and all that you will do over the time we've got together. In Jesus' name, amen.